Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. Reflections from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Rob Longo, Tom DeAngelis, and Ron DeRenzi from our Gospel Reflection Group in Chester, Pennsylvania. Welcome one and all. Good Thanks, to be here. David. Great to be here. Awesome, awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles, we're going to turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. But before we break open the bread of life to see how Jesus wants to speak to our hearts today, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit in to help us? I would love to. In the name of the Father, Father Son, Son, Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. 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 Dear Heavenly Father, you are awesome. Thank you so much for this moment, the gift of a new day, the gift of the opportunity to break open your word, the gift to, to prepare. So we're not just showing up on Sunday at Mass, but we're, we're preparing for it. What a gift that is, Lord. So please... Speak to us, uh, guide us, fill us with the courage we need to, to live the Word, not just read it, but live it, and help it to change us in all the different roles we have in our lives. Uh, thank you, Lord, for all those who are listening. Dear God, please bless them, protect them, uh, bless their families, uh, everything that they're doing, Lord. Multiply the goodness that, that they've been producing. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 The Father, Father Son, Son, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 And uh, Ron, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? Absolutely. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. Jesus told his disciples a parable about the necessity for them to pray always without becoming weary. He said, There was a judge in a certain town who neither feared God nor respected any human being. And a widow in that town used to come to him and say, Render a just decision for me against my adversary. For a long time, the judge was unwilling, but eventually he thought, While it is true that I neither fear God nor respect any human being, because this widow keeps bothering me, I shall deliver a just decision for her, lest she finally come and strike me. The Lord said, Pay attention to what the dishonest judge says. Will not God then secure the rights of his chosen ones who call out to him day and night? Will he be slower to answer them? I tell you, he will see it, that justice is done for them speedily. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. The, uh, the The word I circled... Or took notice of is is weary, weary. And I read this book called The Soul of the Apostolate, and uh, it's a beautiful book that someone someone uh, gave me when I first transitioned from business secular to uh, to, to full time ministry. And the apostolate is your ministry. Like, what's the soul? Like, what's the main thing of your ministry? Regardless of what the ministry is focused on, what is the soul of your apostolate? And it's prayer, your prayer life. And the book was, was written, I think, more with a clergy in mind, um, but for lay, you know, full lay, you know, 
lay, lay people that are in full-time ministry, it's, it's so appropriate for all of us. It's appropriate because we're all in ministry, you know, regardless of, of it's formal or not, you know, we're, we're called to spread the kingdom. So the soul of, of everything we do needs to be prayer. And in there, it talks about different types of work, labor, um, you know, using your mind for, you know, analytical things, and then contemplative, like contemplatives that pray six, seven, eight, nine hours a day. And they said, in terms of like, like w- what's the hardest work? They say that ladder of, of the choices, contemplative, being in prayer hours a day, they say is the hardest to do. And I was thinking about that. I was like, wow, is that true? And then I think of, of you know, my long drives. So sometimes I get up early, I take long drives to get where I need to go and I'll pray the rosary. And it's almost like, and if I'm on the road, it's like, okay, now I can just listen to something and just like kind of veg out or whatever. Like, prayer is, it's mm-hmm. work. I mean, it, it's, it takes focus and concentration and, and even at mass, like I'll be, I'll kind of, my mind will ping pong and I'll start thinking of something else, but to really focus ourselves and truly pray, um, I, I become weary sometimes. So I need to ask God for the grace to, uh, you know, just to stick, stick in there, to be persistent, like the, you know, the, the example in the parable, um, and just to, to be, because a lot of times I'll think that prayer is always me having to do something, but just being in his presence is just being with Jesus. And I say, Jesus, I'm here. I don't have much to say today, but I just want to be with you. you know, I'm, I'm just turning my heart to you right now. I just want to, I just want to hang out with you and just just be with you. Yeah, that's interesting. And you used a word, though, that I'm going to challenge you on. You say that prayer is work. But I'd like to challenge you is prayer is a matter of the heart. It's a matter of staying in constant communion, common union with the Father, inviting him along on everything. And I really think it goes back to a matter of the heart and that what God wants is that conversion of our heart that it no longer is work, but it's a labor of love. It is a discipline that says, you know what, Father? Come along with me today. Father, what decision would you like me to make in this matter? matter? Father, I'm going to turn on off the radio, and I'm just going to be with you. I said, you know, one of the greatest prayers that I think there is in the world is this, and it's simple, and it's childlike. Father, what would you like me to do? It's that surrender to the will of the Father, which is what Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane. Not my will be done, but your will be done. Well, he cried out uh, the same prayer three times in a row, as if the Father didn't hear him the first time, you know, if it's possible, let this chalice be taken from me. But that constant surrender and the discipline to include God in everything we do becomes a labor of love, and it's no longer work. And I really think that's, that's a maturation of a relationship from personal to ever-deepening intimate with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Because it's through the Son that we have access to the Father. It's through the Son that all our prayers go to the Father. So for me, again, just a challenge. That's no, good. I, I wrote the word dis- discipline. And that's where the word disciple comes from. Because <clears throat> if we're not disciplined, then a two-hour ride can just be zone time. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. In our life, and that's beautiful. So uh, you know, we need to be disciplined disciples and intentional with our prayer life. Because if, mm-hmm. for me, at least, if if I'm not, then it just falls right. to the wayside. So I like that word, discipline. Yeah, thank yeah, you. And it's and it's it, I like to call it divine intimacy. It's the bridegroom 
wooing his bride, you and I, each and every disciple. And so, Rob, if we have to work at taking the trash out for our wife and work at having to tell our wife we love her and work at having to do chores for our wife, how does she feel? Does she feel love? No, she doesn't. But if that emanates from our heart and our heart's desire is to love our wife through her love language, which is take out the trash, pick up the kitchen, wash the dishes, whatever that love language is of your spouse, that's the difference between having to, i got to say my prayers today. I'd rather I'd never have to be the name. I get to come that way. Stop. Childlike. Father, will you go with me today? Father, what would you like me to do in this situation? And then the most keyest part of prayer is the quiet time to listen. Mm-hmm. How many of us are truly disciplined to take the time like Jesus did into a desert, on a boat, up a mountain, to listen to the still, quiet voice of the Father. Because when we start to have those ears to hear, if we, after we allow the Lord Jesus Christ to clear out the earthly wax, um, <clears throat> it's amazing what we'll hear. And then God always invites us to respond. And we always have that free will choice. I tell you, this, 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 um, this discussion of prayer really triggers a really interesting, one of my first gospel reflections that happened to be with my family uh, up in Boston. So it was interesting. We were on a trip. We had the weekend and all sorts of activities on Sunday. And I wanted to go to an old classic church in Boston, but we couldn't get to one. The only church I could find that worked for everybody's time was in a shopping mall in downtown Boston. How interesting. So I went in and it was across from a Dunkin' Donuts and I was a little disappointed that we're in this kind of a weird setting. But the, the, the homily that day was fantastic, and it talked about the four forms of prayer, which I never really thought about the different forms of prayer. There was the thank you prayer. You want to thank the Lord for, for something that's happened that you're grateful for. It was I need something, the please prayer is the second form. We talked about that. The I'm sorry prayer, you know, I need forgiveness, I've made a mistake. And then the praise and glory of God, just all the wonderful things that we have that are in the universe, it's sort of, it's sort of gratitude, but it's more about the awe of God and giving that up. So my, ch- my children at the time were like 10, 7, and 6, and my wife, and we went after church to the Dunkin' Donuts across from the, ch- from the chapel, and we went outside into this beautiful area, and we had a little gospel reflection. And the insights I gained from, the, from my children about those four forms of prayer and how powerful they were really in, in, enlightened me. And I think this power of prayer, it is, it is a, a commitment and a discipline, and it's something that we have to give. But it can be very simple. It could be in the middle of the day and you say, Jesus, be with me. Jesus, be in my heart. Where's the sacred heart of Jesus? I need you. And just citing his presence when you have to make difficult decisions or you're just trying to drive through traffic or you're just living your life, if it helps center you, it helps center me, and I often forget to do it, on what's important and what's not and the priorities that we have. So I love, I love the concept of this persistence of this woman who is relentless in her focus and her vision and I imagine she's a fairly prayerful woman because she is basically, she wants this just decision. And justice is one of the ways that uh, we inherit the kingdom of God. So 
I think prayer is the answer, but it's it's so simple. It doesn't have to be a—I mean, it's wonderful to do a, a rosary, you know, other forms of disciplined prayer, but there's also just calling out to God's heart. I think, too, there's a connecting point between um, your point, Rob, about the the work of prayer and your point, David, about the, the joy or the love, the intimacy of prayer. Because I think, for example, when when we first get married, we're coming out of a. I live by myself. I always my, and taking the garbage out may may be a challenge. It may be you know, like I got to get used to this. And there's a discipline. There's we when we do things at the beginning that we don't really want to do, but then we learn how, that those difficult things can become a joy. You know, and so I think there is a there is a transition or a learning process in there, and and there is some sense of it being work. I think at the beginning. To get to that intimacy, but I also think that when we get there, we have to—it's a discipline to stay there because we can f- slip back and it, we can become selfish and caught up in our own um, uh, desires and distractions. And when, even when we get there, I do think there's this this other side of this weariness um, that's not just like a tiredness, but it's also a discouragement. You know, it's a spiritual weariness. It's like. I prayed, I prayed, I prayed. It just wasn't happening. I went to the judge. I went to the judge. I went to the judge. He's not. He's not going to do. It. He's not going to do. It. And God bless Father Ogden. Who used to be my spiritual director. Passed away, but he always used to say, "Discouragement is the chief work of the devil, not just a work. It's like his biggest, his biggest knife to be able to get in and, and separate us from the Lord." So, I do think there's that part of it, but and. We never get to the intimacy if we get if we get distracted or discouraged with the word. Like this is taking too long. It should I should have been there sooner. I should be more intimate with God. I should be just keep at, just keep after the judge, and sooner or later it it, it happens. Yeah. Yeah, and I think this is really a, an amazing reflection because what I truly believe this shows us is no matter how hard the heart of someone in this earth. This man had no fear of God, no respect for human beings, and yet, through the perseverance of the prayer of this widow, who God says, you know, true religion is caring for the widows and orphans, God moved the heart of this rock-hard, stone-hearted, you know, man, judge, to render justice. So no matter who the person is who has no relationship with God, who actually has a actually, you know, discredits God and has no respect for human beings, their hearts can be moved by God, not by you. And that's why we're called to call out to him day and night, persevere in prayer. I think that those two striking differences here, something I just saw today, is that God can move any heart, no matter whether they believe or they don't through the prayer of the righteous person. Yeah, and he, he didn't actually move it that far because if, if you read further here, the main reason why he gave in was because she keeps bothering him and he's afraid she's going to come and finally strike him. So there's still a lot of self-interest in that. It's not, he hasn't converted the heart completely, but he certainly has moved, in, you know, moved the judge's heart in favor of taking care of the widow. You know, you know I, I think he did move the, the heart of the judge but the judge who didn't know God has to accredit it to something right. earthly because certainly it right. couldn't have been God that moved his heart. Right. But yet, at the end of the day, 
it was God that moved his heart. I, I you know what I'm that. saying? Yep. And, and so I think that's huge. And mm-hmm. this perseverance of prayer, God wants to fulfill the desires of our hearts. He truly does. And I had a funny God moment story this week. I Last week, there was an article in the newspaper that I'd given an interview for, and it was a really good article of the history of everything we're doing at the Star Barn and the moving of these barns. And I wanted to get a copy of it, but I got too busy that day. So the next day I thought, well, I know I can go and stop at a store and get a copy of yesterday's news. And I stopped and said, they said, no, no, we threw it out. And I wanted to get two of these newspapers. I'm like, boy, this is a bummer. You know, and I'm like, you know, basically that little prayer helped me, Lord. And so the next day I go out to breakfast. And when I go into the place where I always go get breakfast, they said, David, I'm sorry, it's so crowded. Do you mind sitting in the back room? Well, I've never sit in the back room to eat at this restaurant, even though they had one. I said, sure, no problem. So we go back, we eat our breakfast. On the way out from the back room, where I've never eaten, even though I've eaten there 25 years, from eating breakfast, I come walking out, I look, and there's a pile of old newspapers. I said, excuse me, are those old newspapers? She said, oh, yes. Do you want them, Dave? I said, absolutely. I get the pile of old newspapers. I take them home. I get through them. And guess how many copies of that newspaper (laughs) was in the pile of the the papers? (coughs) Two copies. Wow. Exactly what the childlike cry of my heart was, the desire of my heart to the Father for two copies. And wait, and they were a gift. I didn't have to pay for them. So, but what did God want from me? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for answering the prayers of my heart. And look what God did for the first time. Took me into a back room to eat breakfast there, you know, and then brought me out to see those newspapers, to ask. Those are not coincidences. That's God moving to fill the desire of my heart as his precious son. And you know, Dave, we have to have spiritual awareness, or I don't know what you want to call it. You have to, these things happen to everyone, and they don't realize it sometimes. And we have to be acutely aware of why things happen and when they happen, be open to them. And the other thing is, we may be praying for something that we want, (laughs) but... God has a plan, and sometimes you don't get what you want, but you will get what you need, and you just don't know that you need it. And that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. I remember, uh, I remember one of the priests in my my parish that I grew up in was talking to my mom and dad about something that was going on, and he basically said, "Well, we have our plan, and God has His plan." So you just have to stay in line with the plan and have have the faith, which is mentioned at the last line here. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? You have to have faith. And you you know, as Padre Pio would say, don't worry. Hmm. Put your faith in the Lord and pray. Right. And and that's how, you know, fear and doubt come from the evil one. Yes. We can't let him have any of that quarter. We have to have our faith, we have to stay focused, and it's it's challenging. We're human beings. But know that have faith in the Lord that he because we know that he will persist against it. The gates of heaven will persist against the, the devil, and we have to just have that in our heart, and things will work out. And the key, Ron, that goes along with that, the key word is, again, back to Jesus' example in the Garden of Gethsemane, surrender. Mm-hmm. Like, Absolutely. I saw all these pieces moving together, and I thought this man who I always wanted to have part of my team was coming to work for us. I was so excited. He was going to come. He came to us. It was going to happen. I knew it, and it didn't happen. And I'm like, you know what? I'm okay with that. Lord, you know what's best for him and his family and for what we're doing here. So 
I'm okay with that. I'm surrendered to your will in my life. You see, when we set it as, well, that's what I expect to happen, and then it doesn't happen, then the enemy slips in. Discouragement, disappointment, and send us down that negativity trail. But when we are living a life of prayer, don't stop praying and then surrender. God knows what he wants to do. It's okay. I'll never forget this piece of land I wanted to complete the Starbarn property. It was a junkyard. I'm like, oh, man, Lord, I've tried for seven years to buy this thing, and it's not happening. And then something was going to happen that was going to get rezoned. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, Lord. Went back one more time. The lady says, nope, not going to sell it to you. I'm like, oh, okay, Lord. I said, well, you know what? I give it up to you. I said, if you want us to have it, make it happen because I'm done. I'm not asking no more. You know, in two months, it isn't going to matter. So it's up to you, Lord. If you want it to happen, make it happen. But if you want to protect me, I don't want it. Well, lo and behold, two weeks later, this lady calls up and says, I'd like to sell you the land now and I'll accept that offer. And 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 I was like a little kid. And then the Surrender. Lord opened up this vision of what was going to happen with that land to me. You know, I'm like, oh, my, I was like a little kid. I was so excited. And I heard a still quiet voice. The Lord said, David, you had to give it up so that you knew the gift was from me mm-hmm. and not by your own works and merits. And I'm like, ooh, ouch, you're right, because I'd have been like, hey, I'm a good businessman. I got this deal worked out. I'm going to get this to happen. I'm going to make it happen. It's that constant prayer but surrender, prayer but surrender, prayer but surrender that brings us the peace. Because otherwise, Ron, the enemy wants to rob and steal our, our peace through discouragement, through, you know, disappointment and all that. Stop! And faith is a gift, right? So, you know, everything, everything's a gift. Um, so faith is part of everything. And I think of that Hebrews eleven six says, without faith it is impossible to please God. And I was thinking about pleasing God and faith because if I didn't have faith, I wouldn't pray. Why would I pray if I didn't have faith? So if, if without, you know, he didn't say without prayer it's impossible to please God, without hope, without faith. But once we have faith, once we open that gift of faith and accept that into our life, with that comes prayer life. With that comes hope, comes joy, comes peace, comes kind. Right? With faith, everything opens up. So, um, yeah, so with, without faith, it's impossible to please God, and faith is a gift. So we can pray for an increase in faith. The Lord gives us this gift. It's beautifully wrapped, but he leaves that up to our free will to open it, to experience it to dig into it, to truly get to know him, love him, and serve him. And uh, and when we open it up, we're going to want to pray, which is just hanging out with our Lord. Mm-hmm. And you know, I had a situation happen about two weeks ago. I heard that two of my friends that I had been praying for, they have geoblastic multiform of brain tumors. And they've been both alive the same amount of time, almost seven years now, which is a miracle. They, they, they don't live more than six months to two years was all they were given. They're both are miracle cases. Well, in the same week, I heard both of them went downhill. And I got this big letdown in my heart and in my body. I'm like, oh, Lord, you must be, you know, my, my basically my prayers are over and uh, you're going to bring them home. And the Lord's like, really? Well, why don't you try praying again? And I'm like, you know what? You're right, Lord. So I immediately start pouring out the prayers for both this man and this woman, you know, for miracles to happen, called on a St. Paula, who I believe is up there, this, the nun that had been praying for the one young man, you know, and asking her to pray for both of them, just found out last week that this woman, who I thought was on her final, final, you know, uh, journey, her husband said, do you mind if we're going to take a drive and we're going to come up and visit you in a, in a month? 
my wife, it's she's it's the miracle healing wow. in her body again. Do you mind? I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> and then I talked to my buddy's uh, father, and he's like, oh no, no, this happened, and or he's good. It was just a this, and I'm like, really? I said, well, I'm storming heaven, called on Sister Paula, you know, and and it was, it's like, don't think it's impossible. That's not of God. When it's put in your heart, you hear these things. Don't give up. Don't think it's over. Pray, 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 pray without ceasing. Yeah, I think, too, that uh, the whole idea of having faith in um, in God, who is a just judge, who reconciles and gives us what we need, and uh, as opposed to in the, in the parable here, where this woman keeps after um, the unjust judge, that he will render her a fair uh, decision at some point, but probably not because she has faith in the judge as much as she has faith in in her God, you know, in the fact that God will turn this this man's heart. So I think that's that's an important part of it, as we've talked about before. I think the deepening of faith is is that is that continual process of watching these things unfold in our life and seeing that there is that relationship that grows more deeply with God and being able to see those things as as you pointed out, David, over and over again in our life, that they just keep surfacing, they just keep coming up, and they're they're fruits of they're fruits of the faith, they're fruits of the faith in our life. Yeah, having those prayers answered is very humbling sometimes too. I, I, I know that uh, sometimes you think you pray, you pray, you pray, you get something answered, and I know that I I was in a situation where that happened to me, and I was in a really great church that had 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 the uh, you know it, it it reminded me that it wasn't me. It was the grace of God, and I was just really grateful and thankful. And I want to read the words because I love this widow's prayer. Render a just decision for me against my adversary. He didn't do like the apostles did. Hey, you know, rain down fire, burn them all up. You know, let's get rid of them, Lord. Come on, it's you and me. Let's, let's, Let's get that vengeance coming. No, no, no. Her prayer is so precious. Render a just decision for me against my adversaries. You know, when we pray for our adversaries and we ask God to intervene for the salvation of their souls, for the conversion of their hearts, for all those things, we start praying for them. That's the hot coals of God's love that's leaped upon them that that helps them come into that salvation in Jesus Christ I love that prayer. It's not a prayer of vengeance. It's a prayer of love. And it's to the Father, because these people are all his precious sons and daughters. God bless each and every one of you. Have a great day. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. 
If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.